Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's Hot Lap Heroes, and we're back from our, you could say, vacation. But really, it hasn't been a vacation. I'm your host, as always, Brian Hayward. Uh, no partner, Keith Siegel, with me today. Running solo. As always, be sure to check me out on Twitter at Bang Bang Kush. That's right, Bang Bang Kush, Kush with a C. You can also check us out on Hot Lap Heroes on Facebook to get all of your Hot Lap Heroes information, news, notes, and articles. You know, I just want to catch up with everybody and let you know it's been a while, obviously, since we've done our last show. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's been a few things going on in my life, and I uh, want to tell you about it a little bit. So, you know, basically, I've got a six-month-old daughter now, and uh, she's developing a personality every day, something different. Uh, you know, she, she has a fixation for everything that's going on around her. And I just absolutely am in love with this girl. Uh, Lorelai Rose, she is a wonderful girl. She's got the cutest smile. She's getting some hair. My God, it's just, uh, she is a perfect kid. I, I just couldn't be happier with her, with where we're at in six months. You know, we've, uh, she's, she's growing so much and growing up so fast. We got her eating baby food now. You know, we, uh, we just, we are just head over heels with our daughter and she definitely demands a lot of time and attention so you know that uh, is a direct effect on why I'm not able to be on the mic as much as I want to be but hey you never know somebody might pay me enough money to do this for a profession and that would be great so if you know somebody send them my way uh, you know because we gotta we gotta put food on the table and food in her belly and uh, you gotta, I gotta keep my my significant other happy too so I just you know I want to do this as much as possible, but it's very hard sometimes when, when life comes, you know, and gets in the way of everything. So not that anything is in the way, but it's just life and that's part of it. So, but we're back and I hope you're happy. I'm happy to be back on the mic. There's a lot I want to talk about tonight. You know, there's a super amount of racing going on right now, you know, uh, cause we're kind of in peak race season. And uh, I want to, I just want to talk about, uh, you know, probably the case uh, World of Outlaws late model weekend. You know, we had three good shows, you know, here in the Illinois area and in Kentucky. And then obviously Pure Speedway, kind of my backyard. That's kind of where I tend to go and uh, watch races because I got, uh, you know, several house drivers of mine that, uh, you know, we, we support. And that's kind of where we like to go. And, you know, it's just easy because a lot of my listeners are very familiar with the Pure Speedway. So we'll talk about that tonight. <laughs> I'm over here looking at this, this just adorable racing suit. And uh, I think we got it just the other day. My girlfriend, uh, Jess, bought this racing suit for our daughter Lorelai and it is the cutest racing suit it's pink with white stripe down the side a checkered flag across the stomach has her name and the number one and a trophy with a checkered flag emblem you know affixed to it and uh, that's going to be her outfit for her first birthday which would be December 14th the day after mine and uh, we're just thrilled. I can't wait to see her in this thing. And, you know, maybe down the road, maybe we'll get to see her in a real racing suit, maybe in a real race car. Now, that's a long ways away. But, you know, a, a dad can dream, right? I never had the opportunity when I was a kid to grow up in the racing world. And I don't want to say that Lorelai will be thrust into the racing world or forced to be in it. But she's definitely going to know about it. And she can make her decision based on 
her decisions. And, uh, you know, I won't force that on her, but, uh, you know, when, when she's one year old, she's, she's going to be a race fan, whether she knows it or not. So no, just, uh, looking at this racing suit, just so cute and adorable. And I can't wait to see her rocking it on her birthday. And me, you know, maybe we'll just have her wear it all the time. You know, maybe, maybe one day she can wear it and sit in my race car. We'll talk about that later. So yeah, there, there was a lot going on um, in the racing world. And I tell you what, there was three good nights of racing in the world of outlaws. And uh, man, if you were fortunate to watch any of those three races, let me tell you, there was some good racing. I mean, yeah, Thursday night, Farmer City Raceway. Let's just start there, you know. Um, Bobby Pierce in that Longhorn has really had some really good luck but just a week before, like at Florence, Bobby Lean was seven to go, I believe, and he blows the cushion a little bit, and Ricky Thornton Jr. was there to take advantage of Bobby's mistake, and then Ricky Thornton Jr. ended up winning the Castro Flow Night in America, 23 grand there. And, uh, you know, Bobby, you know, he's such a, he's such a good sport in a sense. I, and I know we've given him a hard time and made some, you know, made some pokes and fun at him, but listen, we know Bobby, and... Um, I know Bobby could, could care less about what we have to say because he's a professional driver and he is out there to do one thing and that's to race and that's to win. But uh, we can all we can all agree that Bobby Pierce has had uh, some super bad luck this year when it comes to being just a few laps away from a big win or you know another cash and in another big paycheck, and uh, it just seems to happen to him more times than any. And a lot of you would probably be like, oh, yeah, he deserves it. Whatever. You can say what you want, and that's fine, because we all are entitled to our own opinions. But Bobby is really the the poster child for losing it with five to go, you know. And and Thursday night, you know, he uh, he had some stiff competition there at Farmer City. And he actually got by Nick Hoffman. Yes, Nick Hoffman. Uh, on lap 27, I believe, and then um, he never relinquished the lead from there. Now, Nick did get back a chance to get back to him uh, during, uh, you know, getting into lap traffic, but uh, Bobby Pierce cashed in on that Thursday night, and, uh, you know, he was happy to win, for sure. I'm sure that doesn't make up for him losing at Florence, but, man, like like you said, Bobby Pierce is, is a heck of a wheelman, and he's just had some bad luck uh, with finishing races. You can you can be great for thirty five laps, but sometimes you got to be great for forty laps. You know, <laughs> just that's been Bobby Pierce's luck lately. Whether it's a mechanical function, uh, malfunction, excuse me, or a, a tire goes down or a driver error, he has just been the epitome of bad luck. So, congrats to Bobby on Thursday for getting it done. We'll go through the top ten here. Bobby Pierce, your winner. Nick Hoffman, second. Kyle Bronson, third. Fourth, Dennis Herb Jr. Fifth, Ryan Gustin. Sixth, Brian Shirley. Seven, Chris Madden. Eighth, Tanner English. Ninth, B. Shep. And tenth, and your uh, local guy there, Ryan Unzicker. So, some good, some good people in the top ten there. You know, and I, I talk about Chris Smoky Madden, he he seems to be just having a slow start. He's he's always up in the mix, but he's not up there in front like he should be, or like most of us think he should be. So you know, Friday they headed on over to Tri City. T 
Tammy and Kevin Gundaker, you know, they do an amazing job on that facility. They, uh, you know, they always make it great for the fans to come in there and they always seem to have a really good show. And I will tell you Friday night, I, I watched that show and that was an amazing show. Kyle Bronson and Brian Shirley are really good friends. So after Farmer City, Kyle Bronson headed on over there to Brian Shirley's shop. They got some things figured out, dialed some stuff in. Brian got to sleep in his own bed, and they headed to Tri-City on Friday. And uh, they were getting after it. Kyle Bronson got it done, but the top four were seriously under a blanket. I mean, Pierce slipped up leading once again, slipped up leading. Shirley and Bronson were able to get by him. And then Nick Hoffman and then lap traffic. And next thing you know, it's Bronson, Shirley, Pierce, and Hoffman all battling on the last lap to come across the checkers. And Bronson got it done by like .057 seconds. I mean, just amazing for Kyle Bronson. And a, and a great show to to watch i mean that was amazing that was a great show and i was edge of my seat watching that so once again really awesome we'll go over the top 10 here kyle bronson obviously first brian shirley second bobby pierce third nick hoffman fourth shane clanton fifth gordy gundaker sixth k dillard seventh ryan gustin eighth frank heckenash jr ninth and brandon shepherd ran out your top 10 there friday night you know, Saturday they went to the Paducah, Paducah International Raceway for the USA 50. And it was almost the opposite of Friday night now. Brian Shirley beats Kyle Bronson, but only after Bobby Pierce blew a right rear leading. Bobby was able to rebound, though, uh, got back up to eighth place in that. And wow, that was a, that was a slider fest. For the beginning of that race was just insane. There was slider after slider after slider after slider. And now that's some good racing too, my friends. That's that's what I mean. This this week in the World of Outlaws had some really good races and, and the drivers put on a hell of a show. So if you went to any of those shows and paid your admission, you you were given a good show for sure. Whether your guy won or not, uh, it was definitely worth the price of admission. So, you know, top 10 here on uh, Saturday at Paducah. Uh, Brian Shirley first, second goes to Kyle Bronson, third Chris Chris Smoky Madden uh, sneaking up in there, and he started 13th, so up 10 positions. Fourth was Nick Hoffman, very consistent this whole week. Fifth, Brandon Shepard, his best run in these three races. Hey, look at that, Jason Fager coming in sixth, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. Dennis Herb Jr. in 7th, 8th. Like I said, Bobby Pierce came back up from that right rear tire to get back to 8th. ninth. another solid run for Gordy Gundaker. And in 10th, the 19 of Ryan Gustin. So three good nights of racing. And honestly, uh, Bobby Pierce had a chance to win every single night. Every single night Bobby Pierce was in the running for that. Goes back to more of that Bobby Pierce luck he's been having. And honestly, Nick Hoffman, too, has been right there with, um, with Bobby you know, and, and it seems like these tracks around here, too, you're always you're always going to have to watch out for Brian Shirley. That guy, you may not like him, uh, but he just knows how to get around a track. And then uh, that car, Bob Colin car that he has is, uh, is always dialed in. So just, uh, you know, Kyle Bronson as well. Kyle's always been fast, and I've always noticed that Kyle sometimes does, does use his stuff up soon, sooner than he needs to. 
but uh, it, it looks like he's kind of gotten that under control a little bit more. And in him being friends with Brian Shirley, I think really helps him out a lot because uh, they really are two good buddies. I mean, Kyle came and hugged Shirley on Saturday and, you know, proud of him. They're buddies and that, you know, and I know racers want to win, but go to the pits on any given Saturday night and any local track and you need a starter or a power steering line or some butt connectors. Anybody that has that stuff is going to help that person get on the track because it's one more car for the class. It's one more car for them to race against. And we're all racers and we all want to do the same thing. We want to get out there and we want to race. We just want to race. So it's good to have friendships like that. So Brian Shirley and Kyle Bronson obviously are benefiting from one another being friends and maybe they're exposing some secrets to one another or just helping each other out. And, and, and it worked out both for, for them both. Both of them, obviously, off of Bobby Pierce mistakes. But, you know, um, once again, like Bobby, Bobby's won a lot of races, but he's also lost a lot of races too. So uh, nothing to hang your head there, Bobby. And uh, just good racing th- this weekend. I do apologize that I didn't get it's hard to watch World of Outlaws and be at a racetrack also and then also try to watch um, Mav TV. It's, it's, just, it's impossible. I don't I don't have enough screens or time to do that. Like I said, if somebody were to pay me the right amount of money where I could leave my job and do this full time, I would I would cover almost everything that I could get my little dirty hands on. So trust me, you know, and I did told you I. I wanted to talk about Jason Fager. This year, Jason has probably had one of the best years uh, that he's had in, in, in recent years. Jason Fager out of, out of Bloomington, um, just just looking great this year. I, I talked to his one of his crew guys, Zachary Cool, who does his social media stuff, the filming, the TikToks and whatnot. And I was like, hey, you know, how many races has Jason won this year? I was, I was confused. And, and we, we come to the conclusion, I believe it's six races. Um, I believe he has three wins at Farmer City and three Mars races. So he has won three Mars races and I believe three at Farmer City. So a great year for him. You know, and there were years where Jason would always have one of the fastest cars, but the longevity and duration that he could make that car fast did not last near as long as he's making it now. And sure, you know, a lot of drivers run in different series where maybe you say, okay, yeah, well, Jason can run with these local guys, but can he run with the World of Outlaws regionally? Well, I just told you he finished sixth place on Saturday at Paducah, you know, some of these people have endless budgets and I don't say that Jason has one of those guys that has an endless budget, but he's got a great team. He does have enough money to go out there and compete. And I feel like the, he's finally reaping what he's been sowing the last several years and having a really fantastic year. So shout out to Jason and Vager nation, the high side hustler. Now bottom feeding Betty, you know, he's been, he's been doing a lot of bottom feeding too, but that's great. If you can get your car to work wherever it's working, get it in slick or get it where there's just a little bit of tack and moisture and get that thing to drive off the corners. And, and man, he's looking great and his crew's doing an awesome job. And, and, you know, I just come, I wanted to commend them. I wanted to give them a shout out and I, I am going to give a lot of people shout outs tonight that who maybe, you know, or maybe you don't, but, um, yeah, it's just, uh, I wanted to give some people some, some props, you know, 
but Brian or Brian Shirley, excuse me, Jason Fager is definitely one of them. He's been he's been showing up and showing out this year, and uh, I'm really happy for him. You know, getting them getting them charged up. You know, getting those cars ready to go. Got a new wrap on it. Cars looking good. Drivers looking good. You know, he's got the vulgar display of power. You know, I wanted to talk about power. Did you know that the battery industry is a $2.7 billion a year industry? Did you know that only $750 million or 3% of that is spent on maintenance? What if I told you I had a product that can take your battery to the next level and make it live far longer than most manufacturers tell you a battery will last? Do you have a mowing business, a lawnmower, a fleet company where you have multiple cars and trucks? What if I told you that? For once a month, for just eight hours, you could protect and recondition the life of your battery in your vehicle. Did you know that once a battery gets to 65%, the alternator in your car will not charge it any higher than that? I didn't either. Well, I'm here to tell you about the C-Tech line of battery chargers and maintainer. I've got the, the, I've got the C-Tech charger, and this model offers an automatic eight-step charging process where it'll perform various things from desulfation of the battery to helping extend the battery life. It will also recondition the battery as well as fully charge it. You can use the provided alligator clamps, which are reverse polarity, so you won't arc the battery if you put the positive on the negative. Thank you. They've done a great job at creating or stopping issues before they happen. If you have a small battery for a motorcycle or mower, you can actually use the attachment provided to put the leads directly on the battery and use an easy connect instead of the alligator clamps. Plug it in and go. The other cool thing is that SeaTech also sells a comfort indicator eyelet that has three indicator lights for good, yellow for charge, and red for charge now. So there's no more guessing when it comes to when your battery needs charging. And let me tell you, uh, a company that I work with has... 25 to 30 vehicles in the in the shop so putting those eyelets on the battery is just an easy way to see hey this battery's green that battery's yellow that battery's red let's get that on the charger just eight hours one full day of work eight hours for that battery to be completely reconditioned desulfated and you're good to go now just think how much money that could save you in the course of 10 years if you own a company like a mowing business where you have a lot of lawnmowers and a couple trucks to pull the trailers around. You know, uh, batteries aren't cheap. And people don't tend to spend money on the maintenance part of it. But the SeaTech charger will do just that and even more. Like I said, save yourself time and money and head on over to smartcharger.com. S-M-A-R-T-C-H-A-R-G-E-R.com. And pick one of these bad boys up today and let them know Hot Lap Puro sent you. I promise you'll make your battery last two to even three times longer than OEM recommended by just using this product once a month. You know, and there's four types on this charger you can use, like a small batteries, car batteries, the AGM type, which would be like your um, Optimas, and then even batteries that have severely depleted that, you know, click, 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 click when you put the key on ignition. C-Tech takes care of them all. C-Tech is the smartest battery chargers in the world. And like I said, everybody has a car, 
we got some we got some hot rods some car uh you know motorcycles you know and i know a lot of people in the racing world probably use uh, 16 volts but some use 12 volts so c-tech chargers man way to go and i love it i got mine hooked up i got my eyelids on i can just pop the truck hood look in there see my lights green i'm good to go i don't have to worry when it gets super hot if my battery's going to make it or if it's super cold i can just pop the hood and check and see that oh hey my light's yellow i should probably put this thing on the cycle tonight get up in the morning take it off and it'll be good so you know <laughs> protecting your battery is a smart investment because most of the time when a battery fails is at the most inconvenient times and most of the time we're we're, we're hurting for cash when it happens so be smart c-tech battery chargers check them out you know we talked about jason fager just getting charged up and, and ready to run with that vulgar display of power and and what he's been up to you know i didn't see him at peoria but i think we will see him in a couple weeks at peoria speedway uh for the summer nationals tour the hell tour and i i think jason fager is going to be a force to be reckoned with this year on the hell tour so while we're talking about Peoria, let's uh, let's let's just cover Peoria. You know, Peoria Speedway. I came there Saturday. I was able to get out of the house, and uh, you know, wanted to come and check on my drivers and my buddies that were out there racing. It was a little warm. Uh, if you're in a driver's suit, you were you were definitely feeling the heat. I, I showed up in shorts and a short sleeve shirt, and I you know I felt fine. It was a nice little breeze, uh, sunny. So you already knew the track was going to be slick and dusty. It doesn't matter how much water you can put on a track. It's it's when it's hot like this, it's going to, you know, you're going to it's going to get slicked up. Um, you know, towards the end of the night though, they did some track work and kind of made it more hammer down for for the features. Uh Peoria Speedway, they had uh 19 late models at Peoria, which, you know, normally you get about 9 or 10, but I think people were showing up there uh getting ready for summer nationals hell tour which in in, in all actuality too fairberry pays 2500 to win and they only had 16 late models show up so peoria getting some love you know 19 late models showed up uh miles moose 84 you've heard of him he set fast time and uh, over our own hero cole swibel actually cole swibel second fast time uh, but man, Miles laid down a blister in like 11.9, which, you know, is very fast. And you'll see times as fast as that, if not faster, when the Summer Nationals Tour shows up, the Hell Tour. Cole timed in at like a 12.4, which is a great time for Cole. So happy to see him getting his car dialed in. I was super stoked. I knew he was going to start on the pull of his heat. So, you know, all he could do is just hope to get that heat race win that has been eluding him for 10 years. And, uh, you know, Miles went on to win his heat and uh, ended up drawing a one for the feature where, you know, <laughs> you starting to pull on a on a hot night, you know, it's usually it's pretty easy to just tell you what's going to happen there. You know, Cole started on the pull for his heat. And by God, after 10 years of trying, Pure Speedway rewarded him with a heat race win. And uh, man, I got to hear the the front stretch cheering real loud i could hear it all the way in the backstretch when they announced his name and uh man that was really cool I, i'm super happy for my buddy cole i mean super proud of my buddy and if you know cole he's been on the show he's been part of hot lap hero since the inception he's one of the reasons we did this um kids just always dealt with bad luck we're a good car 
bad luck, you know, bad, bad driver, good car. You know, it just always something seemed to happen to him to prevent him from, you know, finding success. And he finally did it yesterday. I was so excited. So, you know, he drew a five, so he's going to start fifth in the feature. And, uh, you know, the two weeks prior, Cole had some issues. He, uh, he running fourth in the, in the feature and uh, was running really good. And uh, about 10 to go, he caught a rock or something kicked up into the radiator, poked a hole in it, and he started smoking. And so he unfortunately had to pull off, you know, to not damage a motor. But, you know, dejected and uh, to come out and get that heat race win was big for him. So he started uh, fifth. Miles started first. And uh, Miles would go on and lead flag to flag to get the victory there at Pure Speedway last night in the super late model class. Cole, <laughs> once again, having a little issue uh, with getting around uh, the track and having durability issues where his rack and a spindle was bent. Uh, the right front tire was towed way out to the right, and I noticed it, knew something was wrong, and, and he was trying to get off the track, but the, the tire was, it, the spindle was bent on the left side, and the right tire was bo- it was towed out, so he couldn't get off the track, so he had to go on the hook. And, you know, I know he was dejected, but, you know, you can't hang your head on mechanical failures like that. I did talk to him. He said, well, on a restart, it was kind of a slow restart. And uh, he ended up, I guess he ended up brushing the tire, the mine tire with uh, with his left front. So I'm assuming the wheel was turned when he hit it. And that's probably what bent the spindle. And then he went into one and two and caught a rut, which, you know, as they've been there and they're always there. And um, I guess that uh, that finished the steering rack off. So, you know, tough night for Cole, but... It started out great, you know, um, proud of him. So nothing to hang his head on there. You know, the B-Mods showed up. They had uh, 13 cars on hand for the B-Mods. Uh, Jake Montgomery, the 21 and a half. Uh, if anybody knows him, they know he's always fast at Peoria, and he was fast time. And our buddy, co-host Keith Siegel, just a tick slower in his qualifying run, but would go on um, – to be second quick, second quick qualifier uh, behind Jake Montgomery. So Jake and Keith would both go on to win their heats. Uh, Keith would draw a three for the feature, and Jake Montgomery would draw four. So Jake and Keith started uh, inside and outside of the second row. And uh, Keith would go on to finish second in that feature. He couldn't get around Guy Taylor. There were several opportunities. Uh, Keith had a good car, and uh, Guy Taylor just had track position. Jake had to pull off. Uh, he was overheating. So, you know, uh, kind of the same deal with Cole's car. You know, don't, you don't want to hurt the motor, so when it's getting hot, you just pull off. But there's a couple guys I really want to give shout-outs to in this B-Mod race because these guys have, you know, been in the sport for, you know, a little bit of time, and expectations aren't set high for them at this point in the year. So Billy Ballenfleth, number 29, man, uh, he just looked good last night. All throughout the night, qualified good, um, you know, raced in his heat great. And in the feature, he was he was moving through the field. And, and you know, he, he really was making that top side work to his advantage. And I uh, was just really proud to see him get up there and get a top five. I mean, he, he had third place, but he just couldn't get around a third place car. So, Billy, proud of you, man. And I told you, I, I came over to him after the races and I, I gave him a big hug because he, he came up to me when he saw me at the track and jumped in the air and I caught him. You know, he's just being a goofball, little short guy, Billy. But uh, 
man, real happy for him. Gave him a big hug, told him I'm proud of him, you know, and uh, he said that means a lot. He, he was definitely excited and happy, and I'm proud of him to, to go out there and, and run, you know, up in the top five with some of the best ones around here locally and do that with people that probably don't expect him to run that great. And uh, talk about another Billy, Billy Snyder, 88B. Uh, he run Hornets forever, and he got into a modified a B-Mod here, and he's just struggled and struggled and struggled, whether it be with setup or getting caught in somebody else's disaster. It seems like every time there was a caution, poor Billy comes into the corner, nothing of his own, and ends up being involved in a caution. And last night, um, he told me there were some changes made. A buddy helped him uh, do some front-end work, and um, he got that car to to drive like he's never drove before, and he drove that thing to a seventh-place finish. So congrats to billy i talked to him as well and he was just happy as a hound dog man i mean he just he was just smiling from ear to ear and i haven't seen that from that kid in a while you know it's always dejected and upset and just super proud of billy and and for him to finally get a a good night and and to finally finish the entire race man super good to see that so there was some there were some goods that you know good runs for these people that, that don't typically have the kind of luck so very happy for them my cousin Cody uh, he's been he raced in this year started racing and he had some issues uh, he run at Spoon found some issues in his car and uh, you know he's pretty adamant about making sure things are right on his car so he he got the issues corrected went out for qualifying and uh, coming off the turn four corner there uh, the car just fell on its face and he couldn't, couldn't really keep it running and uh, so you know he was starting shotgun in his heat but we didn't make it out I was actually helping him and we chased wiring issues for a couple hours. I, I went to several racers' trailers and asked for parts and pieces and tools. And, and that's the cool thing is everybody was willing to help if they had it. And uh, we were just trying to get Cody out there to run the feature to get some laps. And uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to do that. And uh, when Cody got home last night, he, uh, he did finally find the issue. And I told him, I was like, it's going to be something stupid simple. And uh, it was one of the switches where you... One of your switches to start the car, your ignition switch, is the little push button. One of the wires had melted on top of the other one, and that was causing the, the car to crank. And then you'd start it up, but once you let go of the button, it would motor would shut off. So Cody's got it rewired completely. The gauges, the dash, and everything's been uh, rewired. And uh, hopefully next week when he'll get out there and he won't have those issues again. So, you know, it sucks because I haven't got to see him race in person. I've seen him on, uh, on the TV doing his racing. But, uh, you know, wanted to be on there for my cousin. He's, uh, he's helped me out a lot. Hopefully next week he gets that thing dialed in and gets out there and has a good night. Moving on, we had the Modifieds. Modifieds had 13 cars on hand. And uh, really, all you need to know is uh, the wild child, number 777. Trevor Neville, out of Mackinac, Illinois. Put a whooping on the field, sets fast time, won his heat race. And I think he lapped up to fourth place. I'm not even kidding you. But 13 cars and uh, man, that kid's just fast. And uh, I know you listen, Trevor, so congrats, man. And uh, thanks for telling me what brake pads you're on. Just in case I need to know any more speed secrets, I'll definitely be hitting you up. But uh, he didn't really need the brakes because uh, that kid was just uh, in a field of his own. I mean, he he had second place by a uh, half track. And, uh, God, that kid is just good wherever he goes. Now, Trevor hasn't, hasn't really had the success that he normally has uh, this year. 
uh, when he runs to other tracks and stuff. But, uh, you know, the competition's really stiff where you go and run with these big dogs. But, uh, but he definitely didn't have one issue last night. He was not, uh, he was not having any problems getting around the track last night. That thing was pinned to the track and, you know, people were like, man, I feel like that guy's cheating. Cause he, and I'm just like, no, he's just that good. He's just, you know, that's what happens when you can spend an unlimited amount of money in a class. And it's, it's not always about money, but it's also about the driver. And then Trevor, man, he's a good driver. He's a great driver. Uh, he got that wild child nickname from us, but um, I think he's toned it down a little bit, but behind him was our buddy, Mike Chastine Jr. Finishing second. Uh, I mean, a distant second, <laughs> Austin Lynn uh, finishing third, and uh, Charlie Hess going to come in fourth there for the modified feature. You know, uh, Street Stocks, they had 12 cars on hand, which is actually kind of a big uh, big group. Normally, you get about eight to nine uh, outlaw Street Stocks at the Pure Speedway. And uh, the 1C of Robert Cottom had a battle with the zero car Craig Hughes and... Cottom never came off the bottom, and I tell you, when Cottom's on the bottom, he is hard to beat, folks. But Hughes would run the top, and he made it work, and he was catching up to Cottom, but uh, he drove it in a little too hard into turns three and four a couple times, and front end of the car pushed, and uh, that allowed Cottom to pull away. And believe it or not, Cottom got his first win of the year. Now, I believe he had 23 wins last year, so it's a... Uh, you know, he's had a very rough start to his season. I know he had motor issues and a brake line break a couple weeks ago. Just not able to really get that first win. But now he's finally got it. And um, and I believe he's going to have many more. So um, congrats to him. And congrats to everybody else at Pure Speedway uh, last night and all your efforts. You know, I wanted to talk about this one last thing really too. And um some of you may know and some of you may not know, but uh, I, I've been very fortunate enough to have somebody help me out. And uh, I'm in the process right now of putting together an outlaw street stock to race myself. And my cousin, um, you know, he hit me up at the beginning of the year telling me he was going to get into the B mods. Cody, like I just mentioned, the, the 15 car, he, uh, he wanted to get into the racing and he really didn't know much about it. But he's the type of guy that can educate himself. And he's not an idiot. He knows enough about cars to to be able to work on them and and whatnot. But uh, he didn't really know much about the racing scene. He knew me, of course, because we're family. But he also knew that I was very well connected in the racing world so that I could help him and guide him and navigate him to get what he needed to get. And um, he approached me about this car and, and asked if I really wanted to race. And, and I know deep down he knew the answer. He's known as I've ever since we were kids. That's all I've ever talked about was racing, 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 racing. So he knew I wanted to race. And when I told him, yeah, he said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do a deal here and I'm going to get you this car and uh, you got to get it running, but I'll help you. If you get it running and you can race it, it's, it's yours to do what you want with. So I have to tell him, you know, I appreciate it, man, from the bottom of my heart. It, uh, it's really awesome to be able to to get a to get in this uh, mode of getting this car built, and uh, it's been tough. And that's another thing too is uh, the times that I would normally spend working on the car. I um, it's a balance to try to get this car built and do podcasts weekly and be around my daughter as much as possible and spend time with my girlfriend. It's a it's a battle to do all this, and I'm doing my best to make it work. But right now we're in the push 
to get this car up and running because by the end of June, I would like to get it out on the track in the first week of July. Uh, there's a lot I got left to do, though. We're close to getting the motor fired up. The car did come with a 358. Needed some work done to it. Uh, we found a couple issues, so we're hesitant when we start this thing up if it's going to make it or not. But uh, we've got backup plans, and, and I just can't thank the people enough that's that's helped me build this thing on a budget. You know, Keith, for whatever he's given to me and, and advice and help that he's going to provide to Cody uh, for spending time and, and getting this deal put together. You know, um, and anybody else that's that's helped me get parts or source things that I need you know I'm very appreciative of this and and it's very expensive to be in the racing world and I know that and and you know we're going racing on a budget and I know people talk about well you're going to race within your means and I and I know that but you know I want to compete and I want to you know I want to go out there to win I'm not just going out there to turn laps and um you know ultimately I probably will go out there and make some laps but uh you know if I can sustain this next year we're definitely going to be going for some wins and and running in the top three five you know uh so that's the goal that's the plan and i know a lot of people have been asking about uh you know the car and why i haven't been doing the podcast and this this is honestly just been what's been going on i've been busy and i'm trying to do so many things at once i'm trying to wear so many hats at once and um you know like, like i said if somebody were willing to give me the time and money and invest in me and uh we could just do this podcast professionally and then i could work on my race car and uh man we would just we would have a great time that would be awesome you know and you get to spend more time with my family and and uh you know not really have to have a boss per se you know so you know it's just been uh it's been a it's been a heck of a few months since we've last talked on the show so you know uh moving forward I'm definitely going to keep pushing to get a show out a week. Uh, more than likely, it's going to be solo. Uh, I will definitely try to get some guests on. I had several people at the racetrack last night talk to me before I left that would love to get on and do a podcast. It's all about setting up a time location because our podcast travels. We uh, we don't necessarily have a studio. And so it's easy for me to pack everything up into my book bag and head on down the road and go to someone's shop or someone's house to do a show. Uh, and it's really just about finding the right time, the availability, and then also trying to get the acoustics right because uh, some of these shops are big and tall and they're not insulated and uh, you get a lot of echoes and whatnot and a lot of background noise. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get some things figured out and um, tune in next week and maybe we'll have, um, we'll have an, a, guest, a guest on the show or have a guest date that we'll be able to tell you about some guests coming on the show because I know you probably get tired of hearing me talk this whole time. I get it. I get tired of hearing myself talk too. So, you know, it's a, we'll keep it under an hour today, nice and short. Uh, get out there and support your local racetracks. Buy some merchandise from your drivers. Make sure to support them. Root for your favorite drivers. Cheer for the ones direct that you don't like. Uh, however you do it, just get out there and support those racetracks and do what you got to do to get your fix in. And stay cool out there. It has been rather hot here in central Illinois, so um, we're maybe going to cool down a little bit. But, uh, you know, still we're getting ready to be in the peak of summer here in just a few weeks. So until next time, you know how we like to do it. Keep it on the high side and bang in the cush. It's Hot Lap Heroes, and we're out.